You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On TJ McConnell, excuse me, the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers as always. My name's Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and the West Side Community News, and I just spoiled at the beginning, but today we are talking all about TJ McConnell and his key part in the Pacers' big, big, huge win over the Cavs. Uh, they get back on track again after their second four-game losing streak. Got to hype up these wins with how infrequent they've been. Uh, McConnell was ridiculous, and we'll cover the, the game and him uh, in two se- separate segments here, and then they play again tonight. They play the Nuggets tonight, last game before the All-Star break. Uh, not not as important of a game, but you know, getting back on track and leveling out their record a tiny bit against the Cavs was huge, and gives them a little more of a buffer against this game. Like me and Adam said, their goal for the end of their brutal March should be 20 wins. Every win is helpful in getting there. They got one against the Cavs, but let's start with McConnell because that's what today's show is going to be all about. Stick around later for the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. Uh, we're, we're, we're breaking that down this week. Today's episode is brought to you by them. Are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? At only 2.6 carbs, 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. I bet you can guess who the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week is going to be this week because TJ McConnell just had the first points, assists, steals, triple-double in the NBA since 1998. I bet some of you listening were literally not born yet. Last time that this happened in the NBA, it was done by Mookie Blaylock in, the, again, April of 1998. So TJ McConnell tonight finishes with 16 points, 13 assists, and 10 steals. Nine steals in the first half. That's an NBA record. He was one steal off of the game record for an NBA, for an NBA game. That was the sixth ever triple-double featuring points, assists, and steals. Just an absolutely ridiculous, ridiculous game in the first half. The Pacers needed him. They were, they weren't getting creamed. That's too extreme. But they they got down by nearly double digits or about double digits a few times. You know the starters really didn't do that hot in this game when they were all in as a unit. McConnell really came in, changed the game with his energy, got the Pacers back in front, kept them in front for long enough that you know the second quarter sting didn't kill them. And then same thing happened in the second half. The starters didn't do so hot. The Pacers were down almost twenty points. At, I think in the in the middle of the third quarter. In fact, I think that's that's pretty easy to check. Uh, the biggest lead for the Cavs was 19. Yeah, so they almost got it up to 20 in the third quarter. McConnell came in, same idea, providing that energy. Uh, he didn't. He only got one steal in the second half, but you know, g- getting up in guys' faces, forcing misses. Uh, Sexton was 12 for 25 in this game, and he was really hot at times. So um, TJ McConnell played a, a good hand in slowing him down, uh, and then getting the offense going. Uh, 16 points. I didn't even mention this. Didn't miss a shot. Eight for eight on his way to those 16 points. Like like. Basically a perfect game. If you strike his two turnovers, he played a perfect basketball game for the stuff he's asked to do. And that energy turned the game around in the third quarter, led the Pacers into a fourth quarter lead, and then he played almost, if not, I forget, maybe the entire fourth quarter. I can't remember if he came out or not. Um, But (laughs) I can't blame him for playing the whole fourth. I can't blame Bjorkman for leaving him in. Aaron Holiday played less than five minutes because McConnell was just ridiculous in this game. It worked. He carried them to a much-needed win. I, I haven't seen a performance like that. In a, in a while, like we've seen some special stuff from the Pacers this year. Sabonis having thirty point triple doubles and you know hitting game winners, and we saw TJ TJ Warren's fifty point game is is probably the most comparable game from this Pacers uh, era of like 
since they signed Brogdon, basically of like the most special games I've seen. Like it was, it was crazy how good he was. And seeing that many steals is, is just jarring. The Cavs had so many turnovers, twenty-five of them. That really kept the Pacers in the game. The Pacers had very few rebounds at halftime. I'm getting too gamey. I need to focus on McConnell here because again, it was it was one of the most special performances I've ever seen. He mentioned after the game that. He got uh, like a, a shower, or well, I guess Bjorkren told us first that he got like a, a water bath in the locker room. Um, the, he said the water was so cold that right when it happened, he like ran out of the room because he wanted to avoid it and, and, and didn't want to, to be standing there dealing with the water. Um, you know, Brogdon said it was one of the, the best performances he's ever seen uh, from, maybe not ever, but one of the better performances he's ever seen and as good as you can see an NBA player be and uh, in classic McConnell fashion, he, he hits the stand after the game for his, his media and uh, Pat Boylan from all over the place, Fox Sports, Indiana, Pacers.com, Pacers Radio, whatever, goes on and on. I don't need to pick a specific bot. You all know who Pat Boylan is. Uh, he asked about McConnell's night, and, he's, and McConnell was like immediately deflecting to saying, my teammates enabled this game. You know, They deserve all the credit. They made this possible. They set me up. He's just so selfless all the time, and that's that kind of guy who has 13 assists is always selfless. And something Bjorken talked about that, that Bjorken credited about his game, you know, obviously he wants to Bjorken wants his team to play disruptive defense, and McConnell had did that even before this year, so he fits that really well. But offensively, you know, Bjorken says he tracks some interesting stats during games. I don't know if he tracks this stat necessarily, but something he said he liked about McConnell's game was that he kept getting paint touches on offense, right? When he was attacking off the dribble, he would get his feet in the lane, which shifts the defense and makes stuff move or maybe not makes guys panic because McConnell doesn't shoot very often usually, although he did take eight shots. In this one, uh, you know, getting those paint touches, making defenses react, opens something up elsewhere. And he got a lot of paint touches offensively in this game. He had the ball a lot. He played 36 and a half minutes. He actually played more than Brogdon coming off the bench. That's how good he was. So it just remarkable praise from his teammates for his offense his defense the little things he did the deflections the steals and making sex and uncomfortable and an, an insane statistical performance i mean again this kind of triple double has not been done since the 1990s the 1990s that's crazy there there are players on the pacers right now who are not alive I, let me check goga's birthday there's a chance that goga himself was not alive the last time it points steals assists Triple double. Yeah, Goga Batate was not alive the last time this happened. That's absolutely crazy. So, a remarkable McConnell performance. He deserves his own segment to open the show today. Honestly, given where the Pacers were reeling and, and had a chance to fall four games under 500, and the, and the trade deadline is this month, and they have a brutal month coming up. I mean, I'm not expecting them to beat the Nuggets, but getting back on track and, and winning this game the way they did, uh, <laughs> pretty big change to the season outlook. So, very, very nice game for McConnell. Let's take a little break and talk about the game as a whole. But, of course, i got to talk about the Mikola Baltra player of the week. And <laughs> who else is it going to be? I mean, the Pacers haven't played well this week. They, they played okay for big stretches against, um, you know, like Golden State last week and the Knicks and, and Celtics over the weekend, but couldn't get those wins. So I think the player of the week is obviously TJ McConnell with a historic performance, one of the better ones I've ever seen. And McConnell will be the first to tell you he just plays to win and, and help his team win. And Mikola Balcher is asking you, are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? It's only worth it if you enjoy it. you got to try Mikola Balcher if you haven't. It's one of the best beers there is. 2.6 carbs, only 95 calories. It creates joy in your life to have it. Enjoy creates success. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. Again, try Mikola Balcher on this. Also, we got to talk about Bet Online during the segment, the official 
the gambling sponsor of the Lockdown Podcast Network, and the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Pacers were minus six against the Cavs, only one by three. So for those of you who took Cavs plus six, congratulations. Uh, football is over, which is pretty popular for betting, but college basketball, uh, Big Ten tournament coming up. My Hoosiers need to win the whole thing to do anything important this year. Uh, NHL in full swing. Uh, they've got award shows, TV shows, reality TV, on bet online, uh, real time updated odds and props for almost anything you can imagine. They got news, scores, and odds. Best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to that website on your mobile device or the app. Sign up today. Use the promo code Lockdown with you, so you'll get a fifty percent welcome bonus with that first deposit. BetOnline.ag. Sign up with that code Lockdown. Your online sportsbook experts. Okay, so the rest of the game, the rest of the team. McConnell deserved a lot of praise. I wanted to talk about him. There was an entire other game. The Pacers were down 19 to the lowly. Lowly is, is a stretch. They're better than their record. Uh, to the Cavs at one point, the Pacers were down 19. So they had some struggles in this game. Um, they did not get a ton from some of their starters. Justin Holiday, who has been clicking all season, did not click in this one. Two for 10 from three, three for 13 from deep. And they only got eight shots out of Turner. McDermott was one for three from deep. They, they just McDermott still had a nice game. Uh, Turner still had a, a very nice game. But they did not get a lot of of offensive utility out of those guys compared to what they need. Aaron Holiday missed all three of his shots. So they really didn't come alive offensively, and their defense was really rough, right? Sexton was killer in the first half. Darius Garland had 16 points on nine shots and five assists. Sexton had 10 assists, which I think was tied for his season high. And the real thing that killed the Pacers in this game for a long time, and the reason they were down big for a while, is the Cavs' pick-and-roll game was awesome. So what they did so well is the screen itself, or like the right after the screen part, was really good. They were absolutely killing it, where they would screen Brogdon or, or McDermott or whoever, and those that guy would immediately be killed by the screen. He would be out of the play. So Turner and Sabonis, or all of a sudden, whoever's man is setting the screen, is guarding two people at once. So they would get caught a lot. And the way Bjorker wants to play with the disruption is they get up on the ball handler. That leaves a lot of lobs. So Jared Allen shot six for seven. He had 17 points and 11 rebounds. He was tremendous. He also had three offensive rebounds. JaVale McGee, their backup center, did a lot of the same. Uh, he was five for seven with 10 points and six rebounds. Three of those were offensive. So they got a lot out of their centers in that pick and roll game. They kind of abandoned it at the end. And some of that, I think, was they were trying to slow the game down a bit as it got away from them, but also... Darius Garland got hurt in the third quarter. That was really a key point in this game because he was doing a great job setting up a lot of those lobs. Again, he had five assists in under 20 minutes. So who knows how this game turns out if he plays the whole game. But that pick-and-roll game was killer. And then uh, just off of that, all right, this is this is something adjacent to what we talk about with the Pacers a lot. The extra threat, one pass away from the pick-and-roll. We always talk about how Karras and Warren will help there. And this is what McDermott and Holiday can do in theory at times, right? Justin Holiday has been shooting great from three this year from a lot of these situations. Dean Wade was five for eight from deep. Dean Wade, you got, if you haven't heard of him before this game, I don't blame you. He's actually a pretty good NBA player. Uh, he just would stand on the wing and be one pass away from the ball handler and the pick and roll. So when the Pacers didn't die on the screen or someone came to help stop the pick and roll, they would just go, oh, okay, we'll just flip it over to Dean Wade for a three. And he killed them. So Cavs destroyed the Pacers in the pick and roll. Their defense was pretty inconsistent for the first three quarters again. And then they broke out this box and one in the fourth on Sexton. And it worked wonders. It clogged up the lanes. It got let them recover to shooters. It forced a bunch of turnovers. The Pacers were already forcing a bunch of turnovers. But that was really key for the turnaround in this game was that box and one call. I asked Brogdon about it. He said it was all Bjorkman's call. Uh, Brogdon credited that defensive change for being a big catalyst for them. 
And Brogdon, now that I mentioned him, was was special in this game. Like, obviously, McConnell's going to get all the highlights and the praise. He was amazing. But McC- or Brogdon, 29 points, led the Pacers by a ton. He was their only 20-point scorer. 12 for 15 from the field. He had a huge size advantage over his matchup basically the whole game. He hit all three of his threes. He hit the dagger out of the pick and roll late. He was looking to shoot a little more than pass in this one. Uh, but when you're, we were critical of that for a, a little bit of a stretch with the Pacers team this year. When you're hitting like this, that's fine because they didn't, they couldn't get hands in his faces. They didn't have the length required to do so. That's one downfall the Cavs are going to have to deal with. Basically, for the entire core of this Sexton Garland duo, is they're not big enough to guard a guy like Brogdon. So he was awesome scoring the ball in this game. Another key contributor, his defense. Again, he got killed on some of these screens, but uh, you know he he really carried his load on offense. And then another couple guys I want to highlight: both centers. Um, I, I was tracking at this game. We've talked about solo miles on this show. Gosh, like three weeks in a row. Um, the, both of the both of the centers in their solo center minutes uh, did awesome. The solo Sabonis minutes were plus five. That group killed it in the fourth quarter. They had a Sabonis, Justin Holiday, Lamb, Sumner, McConnell group playing in the fourth. That outscored the Cavs by like twelve points in the fourth quarter alone. Uh, the solo Turner groups were plus eight. Uh, that re- they really dominated the end of the third quarter. In the, in the early second quarter, and then with both centers, they were minus 10, right? So so they really uh, getting that extra ball handler and a little bit of extra threat of shooting on the floor helped a lot in this game. Another guy I want to talk about, Edmund Sumner. Oh, boy, he has cemented a rotation spot to me. Uh, him and McConnell were just everywhere on defense in this game. I mean, they, they're awesome together. I'm going to start calling those two TED Talks, uh, like TJ is the T and Ed and Edmund is the Ed. TED Talks line up when they're in the game together. Edmund Sumner played 17 and a half minutes. He had eight points and played awesome defense and was a plus 23. The, the Pacers won this game by three points. Okay. So that means in the basically 30 minutes that Sumner was not in the game, they got outscored by 20. And when he was out there, they outscored the Cavs by 23. All of his minutes were with McConnell, to be fair. But McConnell without Sumner was minus nine, right? McConnell was plus 14. So Sumner and McConnell were just a force defensively in this game and Sumner paired it with again great offense great transition floor game great finishing he is cemented a rotation spot to me I'll be very disappointed if Bjorken takes him out but I think we have some evidence that he's earned that spot because Lamb and Aaron Holiday were healthy in this game for the first time since Sumner had his awesome weekend this past weekend right Lamb didn't play against the Sixers um, a few days ago and Sumner played uh Nearly as much as Lamb. Lamb played a minute and a half more. And Lamb played pretty good on offense himself. He had 11 points on four of seven shooting and five rebounds. He, he contributed more than he normally does uh, defensively as well. I've got to give Lamb his flowers. He deserves it. Aaron Holiday played less than five minutes, right? So Sumner might have taken uh, a lot of Aaron Holiday's minutes. Maybe not all of them, but a lot of them and some of Lamb's. He deserves it, though. He's playing awesome. So i got to give him props where it's due. So they got good performances from a lot of guys in this one and, and everybody stepped up when it mattered. Uh, at the end, they, they just, you know, just what a comeback by the Pacers, the 19 point lead. I, I'm trying to find it. I'm not sure I'll be able to, to pinpoint exactly where it was. I think it was, um, mid third quarter. Yeah. They were down 60 to 79 with 6:42 to go. So 18 minutes to go down 19. They were able to get it done. Everybody stepped up in their own way. So impressive win, needed win, uh, the Cavs aren't like awesome, but just the way they did it and getting a huge performance from McConnell. I mean, you shouldn't need that kind of game to beat the Cavs, but uh, you know what? When you need a win like the Pacers and you've lost four in a row, you'll take what you can get. And to put together a good defensive stretch, which is something that this team has really needed, and this team doesn't really go on long runs, right? That's something I've talked about with the Pacers a lot this year. 
to finally just put together a solid run of play in the fourth quarter and play good defense. It was impressive. It, it was a little different than the Pacers we've been seeing recently. So hopefully they can repeat it for their own sake tomorrow. I mean, the narrative around this team will change so much if they're 17 and 18 going into the break versus what they could have been. Like 50, if, if they lose this one, I mean, there's no way they're going to have the mental capacity to come out and beat Denver tonight. So they would have probably been 15 and 20 versus now at worst they're 16 and 19 and have some at least promise that maybe the Sumner inclusion can help and a week off can help. So big, big win for, <laughs> for, you know, just stalling out for your health to come back and timing and all that. And, and some confidence against the Denver team that's playing their third game in four nights, I believe uh, all on the road. So uh, let's talk about Denver, but let's take a little break before we do. So I want to talk about the great people over at rockauto.com. Uh, because chain stores for your car will have different prices, price tiers for anything you need. Uh, if you're a professional mechanic or do-it-yourself, or you shouldn't have to deal with different prices. RockAuto.com, their prices are always the same for anybody, and they're always reliably low. They offer the lowest prices possible rather than changing those prices based on what the market will bear, like airlines, for example, do. RockAuto.com is for everybody. doesn't require membership, and they're a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers for over 20 years. They've got everything you could possibly need for your car, get everything you need in a few easy clicks, and they'll deliver it directly to your door. Their catalog is unique, remarkable, remarkably easy to navigate, and you can quickly see anything you'll need. And best of all, again, those prices are always reliably low. Go check them out, rockauto.com. See what you need for your car, truck. Go get it right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box, when you're checking out? So they let us know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. The Nuggets are way better than their record, and they're very good, and I'm excited to watch the Pacers play them. They just smoked the Bucks. <laughs> I mean, smoking Milwaukee this season is so hard to do. So they're on a little road trip right now. Uh, Denver lost this game at home against the Wizards. This is the weirdest run of results you'll ever see. Denver loses at home against the Wizards. Then they head out on this road trip. They go to OKC. They win by 30. OKC is not a, a slouch team. That's a big win. Then they go to Chicago. They win by six. Chicago playing well recently. Then they go to Milwaukee the following night after playing the Bulls and beat the Bucks by 31, right? So they are killing teams right now on their road trip. They close it out with this game in Indiana. With Denver, it's all Jokic, right? Like we could talk about how good Murray's been recently, and he actually might might be hurt right now. Uh, I would love to check the uh, NBA injury report and see what he is rocking with because I I believe I saw he rolled his ankle in their game against the Bucks. Maybe he was limping around for a little bit. Let me scroll down and look at that while I'm talking. But Jokic is is so much of what this team does. Uh, he's not listed on the injury report. Okay, so uh, never mind. Jamal Murray will be playing and is at full health. But Jokic is so much of what this team does that I'm very interested to see how the Pacers handle him. Kalen Cooper just wrote a great piece for Andy Cornrows about how the Pacers doubled Embiid and how the Sixers were able to, able to counter it and get their points. Uh, I'm imagining that they'll try a similar thing with Jokic coverage-wise just because, you know, I don't think Bjorken's defensive philosophies are going to change like three days apart. So I think Jokic has a good chance to just completely tear apart the Pacers. Uh, and it's not that, you know... Some of it's going to be the way the Pacers try to do it. it doesn't perfectly fit their personnel, but some of it's just Jokic is ridiculous. You can't slow him down. He's averaging 27 points, 11 rebounds, 8.5 assists per game this year. The rebounds are up just a tick over seasons past. The assists are up like a one-ish or like a tick over seasons past. The scoring is where he's really evolved. He's found more dynamic ways to score. My, my buddy Jackson Frank just showed a great piece about Jokic's scoring improvements this year, and that's what's vaunted him into the the vaulted well, I can't talk vaulted him into the MVP discussion so 
the, the, obviously the key for the Pacers will be to, if they're going to do that double-team strategy like they did on Embiid, I think the strategy changes. You know, they were sending it right away at Embiid. They weren't going to let Embiid think they wanted him to give it up right away. Well, they kept sending the weak side guy, so Embiid didn't have to think. He would just turn over his whatever shoulder to the weak side and throw the pass. What other teams have done successfully is you wait till the guy, Embiid or Jokic or whoever, makes his move, puts the ball on the floor, you know, has committed to something. Then you send the double. So they have to pick up their dribble. They can't move as much. They don't have as many options. And they have to realize where the double is coming from then or where their teammates are. I think that subtle adjustment might happen in this game. We will see again. I talked with Jackson Frank about that on Locker Room the other day, actually, if you want to go check that out. That was my first Locker Room experience. But Murray is no slouch. I think we and I brought up his his splits recently on our Monday show discussing how good the Nuggets have been. I mean, this is what makes doubling Jokic so hard. Beyond that, the Nuggets have some okay shooters. Uh, they currently rank fifth in the NBA in three-point percentage because teams try to shut down Jokic so hard. But beyond that, they have shooting – in February, Murray has just finally found his groove this season. 25.6 points and 5 assists per game on 52-46-90 splits. Insane. So he has, has captured some of that bubble form and put it into his regular season now. Uh, so him and Jokic are just so good and ridiculous that it's so hard to slow down Denver. You need them to have an off-night shooting right. They beat the Jazz, like the only team that beat the Jazz when they won. They won 18-19. Their only loss was to Denver, and they hit like 15 threes and a half or something. Because even if you can find a way to kind of get the ball out of Jokic and Murray's hands, uh, you know, Will Barton hitting 38% from deep. Michael Porter Jr., who's an electric scorer also, by the way. I haven't even gotten to him yet. 41% from deep. Monte Morris, 37% from deep. Paul Millsap, 41% from deep. Jermichael Green, 43% from deep. P.J. Dozier, 40% from deep. Campazzo, their new kind of backup guard that they, they took from Europe, 38% from deep. Zeke Naji, a rookie who's playing in their rotation recently. 41% from deep. Basically, everybody but Gary Harris is just draining them. And Jokic and Murray are both over 40%. So this team is lights out from deep. That was a lot of stuff about Jokic and Murray. To say, though, I mean, the rotate. if the Pacers' defensive rotations suck in this game, they lose. They, they just lose. They have to be all over these shooters, trying to force some misses, trying to make life hard on the Nuggets because their offense is too good to be even slightly off. In your defensive rotations, they're fourth in offense for a reason. That's what carries them to wins. They're sixth in that rating because their offense is so good. Their defense is below average, and I think that's where the Pacers can get some advantages, right? Jokic is very smart. He understands where he needs to stand, but he's pretty slow-footed, right? Make him move. Make his man be the screener. Even if it's Turner, is that a Sabonis? I think I'd rather make Jokic move. Maybe try to get him into foul trouble even. That could be one way the Pacers can find an advantage on Jokic is just get him out of the game. Uh you know, Harris and, and Barton are okay defenders, but Porter and Murray struggle a little bit. So if they're on, you know, whoever they're on could be a guy who could go crazy. You know, if Porter ends up on, on uh, McDermott, maybe McDermott has a good game. That's the way the Pacers can manufacture some points. Uh, and, the, and the Nuggets' second unit is really good, too. It's like it's hard to find advantages against this team, but, you know, if McConnell can provide some energy, maybe get those guys moving, right? It's their third game and fourth nights on the road. Maybe they don't have the energy at their last game before the break. Who knows what mentality they'll be in. So McConnell and Sumner, if they can provide that energy, keep the bench up, that's another way the Pacers can stay ahead of this Nuggets team. Even if the Pacers come out playing crisp, they could still lose very easily. The Nuggets are that good offensively and that good as a team. And that's why, because if they play good, they could still lose. I'm picking a Nuggets win. You know, th These last games before the break are like you know, games that are kind of before milestones or, or after losing streaks, whatever, are just kind of funky. Um, so like this game, it could just like... 
Like, if the Nuggets lose, I'm pretty sure all the Nuggets beat and all the Nuggets players, like, all the questions would be like, was it hard to focus because it was the last game? Like, that's just kind of how it goes. You know, it, it's just, they're NBA players first, but, like, they're they're humans. They want to get back home and chill out for a week in their hometown with their families. So, uh, this game could be funky and the Pacers could win that way. I'm picking a Nuggets win knowing full well that because of the timing and structure of this game and the schedule, uh, the, the Pacers could pull it off, and it would be huge for them to be 17 and 18 heading into this break because, again, their schedule in March is brutal. Thank you guys for tuning in today. Uh, Adam will recap the Nuggets game Friday night, and the next week should be fun. Uh, with the week off, we'll probably talk about you know Pacers at the halfway point stuff. What can we expect in the second half? We'll do our breakdown of the game-by-game uh, game second half schedule and see where we get there. And, of course, all-star coverage. We get Sabonis in the all-star game. On Sunday, Cassius Stanley in the dunk contest, Sabonis in the skills challenge. There'll be lots to talk about then. Uh, so that'll be cool and fun and exciting to watch how the Pacers show out then. So stick around next week uh, after this last game for the break. But, again, Adam's got a recap tomorrow, so please listen to that. Thank you guys for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed this win over the Cavs, and we'll watch the Pacers again tonight all together. Uh, see you tomorrow.